Welcome to the NFL show on the ASI podcast. I'm your host, Darren Marr, and I'm joined by two of the hairy bikers, Fionn Malloy and Jake Woolhead. We have a great show for you this week. We'll be talking about the winless New York Jets and their QB for the time being, at least Sam Darnold. We'll be chatting about the mental Monday night football game that was the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. We'll chat a little bit about the future of the Atlanta Falcons and we'll finish off as we normally do by giving our predictions for this week's games. But first, lads, how are we this week? Doing great. Yeah, I can't complain. I'm sitting here chatting about the NFL. I can't be arguing with that, can you? Excellent stuff. Well, it was a good win, or a good week, I should say, for, for you, Fionn, again. Washington taking control of the NFC, at least. And Jake, unfortunately, you were brought back down to earth a little bit with your uh, Giants. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy. Like I was mentioning in the, in the last show, it was a big win for us. That was a challenge. That was a decent team, a decent defense we came up against, and we played pretty well. And for those of you who are not keeping track, which is pretty much everyone. That's four wins in a row for this Washington football team. So that's also a pretty good streak we have going for us. Yeah, I've been, uh, I, I kind of tuned out all of Sunday. Um, it was <laughs> the worst possible result I could have had for the NFC East games. Uh, so I decided maybe we could go into maybe not the NFL, if you want, we could go into some rarer sports. We could just transition from that. <laughs> if, if everything goes the same way, I might end up doing that. Well, you know what we could do? We could turn this into a podcast of, uh, I don't know if you've seen that show on Netflix, We Are the Champions. It's the Rain Wilson narrating all these like quirky sports. I think one of the episodes is like cheese rolling down a hill. So if you want, we can, talk, we can talk about that this week. If you people, have said, people have said Blake, Jake looks like a block of cheese. So maybe we can just roll him down a hill somewhere. It's funny, well, I don't eat cheese, but yeah, I might look like the cheese. So. <laughs> Well, look, Jake, just to make you feel a little better, you know, the Giants were on a four-game winning run before last weekend. Washington are on a four-game winning one this week, and they're facing an NFC West side this weekend. But it's only the Seahawks, though. It's It's only the Seahawks, of course, yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll look, we'll get into that, into the predictions. What we are going to start off this week is the crazy Monday night football game that was Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. The Ravens winning it by 42 points, 47 points, sorry, to 42. Uh, of course, escaping with a victory thanks to the boot of Justin Tucker, a field goal from 55 yards with two seconds left on the clock, gave the Ravens the win in a topsy-turvy game. The Browns thought they'd forced overtime after Kareem Hunt went over uh, with just a minute left on the clock. But Lamar Jackson drove his team down the field to set up the win. And lads, pretty simply, was this game of the year? 
I think it has to be the game of the year. How can you argue this was not the game of the year? It gave you everything you wanted in a game. Both teams had covered the over-under individually. Like, how often does that happen? It was ridiculous. Neither team could stop the score. There was a 30-second lateral sequence at the end. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, I think, I think it's definitely game of the year. I think it's also coach's game of the year in that it is what every coach loves to see. You establish the run, you make the other team scared of your run game, and then you can open up your pass game. Both teams did that really well. The Ravens, obviously, with Lamar Jackson, who just showed. Everyone says, well, if you can force him to throw it and get him away from his legs, but if you can't get him away from those legs, he can do so much damage. And we all know this season how well the Browns have been running the ball. Chubb, I think, did the most damage in this game, but they have so many great, great running backs. Hunt is there as well, and uh, they can do a lot of damage. So I think as a viewer, it was a spectacular game. And as a coach, it's one of these ones where they have it on film. They go, look, this is what we're going to try and do. We're going to set up the run, run really hard, and then later in the game, we can open them up in the air. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think – sorry. Yeah, absolutely. You have to establish the run. It's like an old school coach's dream, isn't it? That's exactly what they've done. Lamar Jackson keeping them balls and just being able to run for yards and yards almost untouched. I don't know if you've seen how often he was slipping. I don't know what was the story with that. He was just slipping every time he took off the run. And a few times, I think he got sacked for six or seven yards more than once on that. Yeah, sure. And, and, and I think the one thing that the Ravens did brilliantly was stopping the Browns run on in that game because obviously with Chubb and Hunt there, you know, Chubb did quite well running for 82 yards. Hunt's not so much with, with 33 yards. It made Baker throw the ball. And to be fair, he did actually have a good, a good game getting over 300 yards, uh, scoring two touchdowns as well. Um, but what the Ravens have done, especially you've seen in the last few weeks, is they've, they've gone back to establishing the run game which is uh, perfect for them, obviously, with Lamar. And I think it's, it's Gus Edwards now who's getting most of the carries uh, for, uh, for the Ravens at the moment, obviously with Ingram uh, still injured. And see, the rookie Dobbins has actually come into a lot. I think he had something like 50 yards rushing last night. Um, but I think this is it. I think the, the Ravens are starting to right the ship just at the right time as well because – you would think that they're out of contention for... Well, before this game, you would have thought they were out of contention for actually winning the division. But after this weekend's results, that's a different story because they were kind of on the outside looking in on the playoffs in general. But now they're obviously back in the wildcard spot. And so what do you think going forward in this game? Do you think this could be a turning point for both teams? Do you think this is the Ravens now getting in position to make that playoff run and is this the, is this the game now that could that we're going to look back on in a couple of weeks and say about the Browns? Well, this is the one that halted their momentum, and this is why things started to, you know, uh, you know, the, this is the this is the point in which the the Browns season sort of started to capitulate. I think I think if we go back to last week, that was certainly the argument I was trying to make was that this was a must win for the Browns if they really wanted to compete and challenge the Steelers in this division. Uh, and I think you're dead on. I think the Ravens win. They are showing that they're starting to right the ship a little bit. I'm not so sure it was that far off course to begin with. A couple of breaks here and there. Lamar Jackson is just so dangerous. I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan. I like his style. I like his aggression on the pitch. I like the, 
I like the chances that he does take versus the chances that he doesn't. I like the decision-making that he has. And he's a tough player and he really wants to win a lot. Uh, so it's nothing against them, but I just think Lamar Jackson has so much talent. It would not surprise me if they are the team at the end of this year with one game, maybe two games left to go that are right in the rearview mirror of the Steelers with a chance to catch them right at the very end. Yeah, I definitely think the Ravens really showed who they are. Um, they had a really powerful run game. When you can have your quarterback sneak out as a basically like unblocked or untouched rusher, it's so hard to stop. And then you have to account for him on every defensive snap. Um, yeah, it was just crazy. That was The whole game for me was like a, a WWE script towards the end where Lamar had to go out with uh, Puke or cramps, as he was calling it. I don't know if you've seen that, where he had to go into the locker room. A lot of people were saying he had a bit of a poop walk to him. Um, so, And then Trace McSorley had to come in. He obviously wasn't playing. I mean, he's the backup quarterback coming in very very late. It's not going to go great for him. And then he gets injured with a minor knee sprain. And who, who else? Lamar Jackson comes back out, leads him to the Holy Land. He gets down the end zone. Um, this really showed, for me anyway, if, you can, if Lamar can keep running, he, that it's really hard to stop them and it's, it's going to take them to the playoffs I think for the Browns um, I'm not as high as you are Fionn on Baker I think he's a little bit over aggressive a bit overconfident maybe but um, he's definitely a, a talented player and I mean I, I don't think they'll get into the playoffs as easily now but we'll see how it goes for them yeah for sure and look when you gotta go, you gotta go. I know he's still <laughs> making the case on Twitter up to like the last hour. He was not taking a boop. He was actually just cramping up. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll believe what we want to believe, and we'll move on uh, to what was, like I said, a fantastic game. And I can't see many uh, topping that for the rest of the season. And we're gonna talk a little bit about the winless new. New York Jets and Sam Darnold because it looks likely as the weeks go on that the Jets will have the number one pick in the draft next year and everyone is assuming that they will draft Trevor Lawrence number one overall but is this a little unfair to Darnold he was selected third overall in 2018 and there was some consideration that Darnold should have been selected actually first in that uh, draft class is Lawrence coming going to solve everything for the Jets? Lawrence is still going to be protected by, and I say protected in inverted commas, by that awful offensive line. And he's going to be throwing to the same poor receivers that Darnold and Toronto this year. Yes, there will be some other additions, um, but will they? But I don't know, is that going to just fix all of these New York problems? Um, and of course, uh, with GM Joe Douglas at the helm, he has got a, a Apache record when it comes to uh, drafts, which I'll get into in a minute. But lads, I want to uh, open the floor up to you. What do you think about uh, what's going on at the Jets at the moment? And you think this is a little harsh to Sam Darn putting all the, the blame and basically uh, threatening his position at, in the team? Absolutely. I really do think it's a bit harsh on Darnold. Now, it's one thing to ask, is it his problem or his fault, the struggles that the Jets have had this season? It's a whole other thing to decide, even if he had been playing well, do you go for the new quarterback? Trevor Lawrence is an excellent talent. He's performed really well over multiple seasons in college football, which is not always the case with these superstar quarterbacks. And 
what benefits does he have over Darnold as a player, even at the top end when they're both playing well, is very interesting. But there's also rumours that he still has a year of eligibility left in, in college. So there is a possibility that he goes and takes another year if the Jets want to draft him. So that could be an interesting decision. For me, Darnold is getting the raw end of the stick, to be honest. He is in the bottom 10 of sacks in the leagues. He's been sacked the most times. He's also uh, throwing to some of the worst receivers in the league in that he has three receivers in the worst 20 receivers in the league in catch percentage. And his top receiver this year, Jameson Crowder, has just about got over 500 yards and has a catch percent of only 60%, which is really, really terrible. So you already talked about the terrible offensive line. That's why he's getting sacked so much. It's very difficult to play quarterback when you're being sacked all the time. So uh, I think he has to share some blame, of course. You're very familiar with another player in that top 10 of sacks, Russell Wilson. He gets the job done in as much times as he can. So I think that's the separation between these truly brilliant quarterbacks and the really good quarterbacks when you sack them a lot. But definitely the sacks and the rest of the team in general has to be brought into account when you're analyzing Darnold. And not to mention the defense. This is not a good football team all around. Sam Darnold does not play on defense and they have lost every game and it's not just on the offense not scoring. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I just have to question, is it coaching or player for me? Because I liked Sam Darnold. I thought he's fairly talented. He's, he's a good athlete. He has good legs, good strong arm. Um, you could maybe question his decision-making when he's throwing the ball and such. But um, for me, I think... Oh, geez, two years in Adam Gase's system, you know, the fake quarterback whisperer. It's easy to be a quarterback whisperer when you have Peyton Manning, I think. So, um, I I think he's gotten the raw end, uh, Sam Darnold. I just don't see how you Trevor Lawrence comes in and completely changes that around. Um, as you said, he's got probably the worst wide receiver core in the league, or bottom half of it anyway. I think that's just doesn't help anyone. Getting sacked so much is always going to turn your internal clock as a quarterback. It's going to speed that up. So you're going to try either get it rid of it or play hero ball. And with the Jets kind of playing from behind, I think he has to play hero ball if he wants to even compete. I think that's um, it's a bit harsh. But having said that, if people are saying what Trevor Lawrence is coming out of this out of college, do you, can you really say no? I don't know, but I'm thinking what's the haul you get for number one draft pick for some of these teams? I know the Jags are dying to get Trevor Lawrence if they can, so what would they pay to move up from two to one so no one else can do it? I think these are the things that I'd be thinking of, but I don't know. I, I think Sam Darnold's a good player. Is he going to survive this draft? Maybe as a backup, but I don't know. I think it could be a very interesting decision that's taken out of the Jets' hands on whether Trevor Lawrence decides to take that last year or not, if it looks like the Jets are going to have that first pick. It's very unusual. Most quarterbacks would love to be in a market like, like New York, but the, all of the news that I've seen is that it's a high possibility that Lawrence takes that extra year if there's even a sniff of the Jets taking that first pick. So it could be that if he does come out this year, he has some sort of back channels to tell the Jets, trade that first pick. Like, I'm not coming if you guys take me. I'm not signing any contract if you guys take me. Get rid of that first pick. Get what you can and I'll play for any other team. Or he 
he doesn't even go down that route. He says, I'm going to take my chance, hope the Jets get a little bit better next year, and I'm going to stay in college for one more year. So we'll see. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting that you brought that up, Young, because I was going to say that myself about, about Lawrence and the power that he has in sort of deciding where he wants to go because that's it. It's, it, it isn't guaranteed that Lawrence is going to go number one this year in the draft because he may, like you said, may choose to take an extra year in college. We may get another Eli Manning situation where, you know, he's just blatantly refusing to go to the Jets. Now, like you're saying, in a market in New York, I find that very, um, not very, but I, I do see, I, I do think it's quite unlikely, you know, and that's it. Like if, if he does decide to take that extra year in college, then with all these plethora of picks that the Jets have especially in this upcoming draft you just wonder it's just what are they going to do then obviously do you just go with with Justin Fields or do you say okay let's use these picks this year to actually increase and give Sam Darnold maybe one more year under a new coach and see what happens but like like I said at the start of this it, it, then it come then you're looking at GM Joe Douglas because it's more than likely, um, well, from my point of view, and I think from this show's point of view, that we won't see Adam Gase back again this year. So we have to look at then whoever the new coach is going to be with um, Joe Douglas. And I just want you to have, I just want you to have a listen to some of these, his draft history with previous teams. So um, in 2017, when he was uh, vice president of player personnel, obviously he was involved with the draft of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and some of the names that were drafted in that one, Derek Barnett, an edge rusher who is playing well for the Eagles at the moment, not a pro bowler, not, uh, not looked on enviously by other teams. Sidney Jones wrote uh, Rashiel Douglas, Matt Collins, uh, Donald Plumpley. I won't go through all of them, but that was in the first four rounds. You know, these guys have not, have not progressed to sort of be starting um, players in the Eagles organization. You go to the next year in the 2018, um, the year after uh, the Super Bowl, they had no first round pick, so they had Dallas Goddard in the second round, who was a good tight end, um, struggling with fitness issues. Uh, Avante Maddox, a decent corner, not high scale. Uh, Josh Sweat, again, not great. Uh, we go to 2019, you're looking at uh, Andre Diller and the old Lion. fitness issues again. Miles Sanders, who is a decent running back, fitness issues again. Uh, JJ Ortega-Whiteside, wide receiver, fitness issues again. You know, there's been a lot of, I, I don't know if the scouting's been done properly on the, on the players' injuries, or maybe it's just a, a run of bad luck, we don't know. If we go to his last year, just with the, with the Jets then as well, you got Makey Beacon, Oh, Lyman's played okay for the Jets, but there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of production there for him. He's actually had some injury issues this year. You Denzel Mims, who wide receiver from Baylor, who's who's looked okay, um, but then after that you've got uh, uh, Aston Davis. Um, you've got. I can't even, like, I'm looking through these names and I've not seen them even start on this Jets team who have been playing really poorly this year. Um, Bryce Hall, who was picked in the fifth round, is the only one that I'd recognise even from the game just this past week. So, you know, you're putting a lot of faith into Joe Douglas and he hasn't got that good of a track record. So, again, you're looking at this too and you're thinking, like, if you're a Jets fan, you're still going to be worried. 
Yeah, I think so. I agree. It, there's just too much going on at the moment for it to be blamed on Sam Darnold. Uh, and really the decision comes down to, or what will decide whether he starts next season or not, if Trevor decides not to come out this year, is going to be, can you get rid of him in order to save your job? Is, is he going to be scapegoated by the head coach to try and save his job and say, look, I'm trying to change it. It was all his fault. We're getting him out of here. We're getting a new man in. If Lawrence doesn't come, I don't really know who's going to be the next top options at the moment for, for quarterback. Certainly, Lawrence is a street ahead of everyone else in the league. Justin uh, Fields has been just, ranked as the second best he's, he's a game, college. And he's kind of the opposite of, of Lawrence. Like I said, he's only started this one year in college. So this gives you another problem of if your scouting department is that bad, how are they going to decide after one year of college on this young kid? So there's a lot of problems. And I think my gut feeling tells me Darnold will be cut and it's going to be as a scapegoat. And I don't put all the problems on him by any means. I think there's a lot of holes to fill. But I also thought the same thing about the, the Miami Dolphins last year. They've played a much, much, much better this season, both before they put Tua in and after they've put Tua in, you might argue he hasn't played the best football, but they've continued to stay above 500 and keep fighting in the, in the league, which is way beyond what they were last year. So but They have also, sorry to interrupt, but they have also, in the off-season, picked up a lot of really good free agents exactly. as well. Uh, exactly. And that's what I that's said. That's not what so, the Jets are doing. Exactly. So, I mean, it's possible they do it. They clear house in this offseason and turn it around. I think it is not the same scenario as the Miami Dolphins. I don't think they have the, they have set themselves up properly to get that done. The Dolphins were trading away some huge players before they even got rolling. Kiko Alonso left. Some massive players that were big, big influences on their squad last year. They got rid of them early. The Jets haven't really done that. So I'm not sure that they've positioned themselves in a place to do it. But I think it is possible to turn everything around. Unfortunately, I think Darnold is going to be sacrificed in that process one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the most likely uh, result of this draft is going to be Darnold's going to be gone. But how often does that fix a team? Again, you mentioned the Tua, Tua stuff, but with the Jets, they did get some good free agents in. They had obviously Le'Veon Bell, but what happened to Le'Veon Bell? He gets traded or gets cut even. They wouldn't release them. And then they had, the, I can't remember the name of that linebacker. They traded them just before the deadline. The the big name linebacker they signed. CJ Mosley. CJ Mosley, yeah. Like they had some they had some big names, but I think for whatever reason, he was just traded away. Or uh, Mosley opted out this year due to COVID. Oh, well, they traded one there recently. I can't remember his name. Oh, that was Avery Williamson to the That's Steelers. The yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they did spend some money, but it obviously wasn't panning out for them. I think um, it's it, most of the blame for me is Adam Gase. I think he gets the worst out of his players, and he has had so many players come out and play so much better after he has gone. Ryan Tannehill is probably option number one. He has played extremely well. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Tanny, but he has played so much better under a different coach um, and a stronger team, obviously. But still, I think a lot of players come out and play better outside of Adam Gase and I think that Sam, Gar- Sam Darnold's not going to be any different from that whether it be on the Jets or be on a different team I think we get caught up in this face of the franchise mentality of when the when the team is playing badly it goes on the quarterback and that's probably fair they, that's reflected in their pay it's reflected in 
how much they're protected. And when things go well, they definitely get praised. But the reality is these guys are all top, top talents. And one change of coach or one star player around them, if they're really that good. And I think Darnold is a pretty good quarterback, even in the standard that he's playing at the moment. It can change everything. So we get caught up in this, oh, Darnold's terrible. His completions are all over the place. But we forget that the catch percentage is all over the place as well at the same time. So there's all these little factors that play in that get lost a little bit in the, in the nuances, get lost a little bit when we're talking about this stuff. And I think even the head offices are guilty of this sometimes. But is it fair? No, but this is the game of football as well. It's not always a meritocracy like we'd like to think it is. Yeah, it's true. Um, and then even uh, like the GM, as you mentioned, Joe Douglas, um, he had he's on a contract. He has three years left or something like that. I mean, we all know Adam Gase is gone after this one, but what happens to the GM? Mm-hmm. He's probably going to stay on. He's probably got this draft in him, but Adam Gase, I mean, he has to be gone. Otherwise, Jets fans should jump ship and join a different franchise. <laughs> the other New Jersey team. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll take them. We'll take them. <laughs> You never know, the other team in New York, maybe that, that team up in Buffalo might be uh, looking for a few, <laughs> a few new fans there as well. Well, I want to talk a bit more about Darren. If he does leave, and where could you realistically see him? Because for me, two teams come to mind, especially. Um, uh, one is the Colts. I think if, if Philip Rivers decides only to stick out for a year and they need someone. I think he could work fairly well in the Colts organization, especially with Frank Reich as his head coach. And another one that I think um, is an option, and it's kind of uh, out of the blue, but it, like I could see it working, is the Patriots. That was yeah. immediately the team that jumped to mind when you started when you started talking about where he might end up. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if nowhere picks him up if he gets cut that he disappears from the league. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I think he's got the right quiet reserve mentality that Belichick likes. He does things that Tom Brady was quite good at. Middle middle play. He's a little bit more athletic as well now that he's had some experience with Cam Newton. He might like to add that in. He doesn't have to get rid of the whole playbook. And he seems very coachable in that he played pretty well and then Gase came in and got coached really badly and now he plays really badly. So you never know if he, if he gets coached by a goat, he might start playing like a goat. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I, th- I, I thought the Steelers, um, Roethlisberger's obviously gone up there in years. His body isn't going to hold up the way he usually plays. Like, he, he's he's a big man. Big men get hit hard. So, I, I feel like it would be a good team for the Steelers. Or, uh, for Sam Darnold, I think it would really suit him. But on your point there, if you want about first-round picks, like about Sam Darnold leaving the league, I mean, first-round picks, they generally get a bye, especially mm-hmm. ones drafted in the top 10. So yeah. he, he'll, he'll get picked up by somebody. I mean, Josh Rosen mm-hmm. is still on a, a practice squad roster somewhere. That's hidden around. So, but yeah, here's the, He'll here's, get a bye. Here's a question for you, Jake. So let's take out contracts and losing money and all this stuff. You could argue that both their franchises don't necessarily have a superstar quarterback or even one that is guaranteed to be a franchise player for the next 10 years. My question is, would you take... Darnold over Daniel Jones right now? That's a, a real good question. I mean, uh, over the past two years since we have Jones, uh, I've become emotionally dull. Every time Jones holds the ball that extra beat longer, I'm afraid the ball's just going to slip out of his hands. I certainly think uh, it, it, for the right, if he was cut, I'd say, yeah, be a great okay. competition to have Jones and Darnold together. That'd be a great QB. I wouldn't be trading picks away. The Giants aren't exactly a full team, so trading mm-hmm. picks for a quarterback that's not established, that's not going to be for me. But 
I'd definitely take a punt on him if it was a if it was a cheap way of getting him, like picking him up or something. Well, I think I think that's promising for Darnold because I think if if fans like you think that, then there's probably a roster spot or a GM that says, well, let's at least bring him in and have him compete for the job. Personally, I wouldn't take him over Alex Smith at the moment, and I think if you're a GM, like you said, it's it's capital. At some point, you're going to have to give this guy a contract whether you have to give up any picks or not to get him in a free agency, you still need to pay him off your cap. And I think his upside for the Washington football team is not necessarily high enough to guarantee him on a spot. And I think if you'd have said, if you'd have had the same impression, that's when I would be really worried for Darnell. When, when teams like ours are not at least interested in having a look at you, I think that is a problem for your career. So yeah. I think that's a little glimmer of hope for him anyway. Well, if you, if you wouldn't take him over Alex Smith, would you take him over Dwayne Hackins and Kyle Allen? Because he could still go to Washington and he could still develop under the tutelage, obviously, mm-hmm. of Alex Smith as well to take over when Alex Smith decides to call it a day. I think I would take him over Haskins at the moment. Not necessarily top-end talent, but for where the two quarterbacks are at the moment. I don't think I would take him over Kyle Allen based on what Kyle Allen showed us only a season ago when he came in in relief with Cam Newton. He did pretty well. He faded at the end, but he shows he has that talent in there somewhere. Uh, And for me, Haskins hasn't. And Darnold has kind of a little bit. So I think, yeah, if if it was a total free reign on the roster, I would have Smith, Allen, and then Darnold. Okay. Okay. Uh, We'll move on to... Uh, a team that could be on the hunt for a, a quarterback soon. It depends on what the new coach is going to want, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. Because with the Falcons on the hunt for a new coach, I want to know if they should stick with Matt Ryan. Uh, Ryan has become a shadow of his MVP-level self in 2016. His performance on Sunday against the Chargers, throwing three interceptions, uh, was another bad game in a bad season. Although being fifth in the league for passing yards, he only has 19 touchdown passes with 11 picks. He's attempted the third most passes, which is showing me personally that he can get up and down the field. But when he seems to have lost his eye for a throw when it comes to red zone. Um, So I just want to know, if you were going to be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, would you be happy to go with Matt Ryan for the next three to four years, knowing that what you have there at the moment in terms of Julio Jones, who is probably in, a, in his prime now, maybe coming, slightly coming out of his prime. You've got Calvin Ridley, who's going to be obviously looking for a contract soon as well. And you've got some other young wideouts and, of course, some de- decent tight ends there too. Here's where I'm at with the Falcons. They should have tore down that entire roster before the trade deadline. They should have got rid of Julio. They should have got rid of Matt Ryan for whatever picks they could recoup for it. They're too old, and that team is going nowhere. They're 4-9 and at the minute. They're not going to catch up to the Saints or the Bucks. So if it was me, I'd be getting rid of the two of them. Now, I mean, I'm not sure what Julio's uh, tra- uh, contract situation is, but maybe if you can get some value out, you're not getting value from Matt Ryan, but you'll probably get some value out of Julio. I'd say tear that team down and, and rebuild from, from the start for me. Yeah, I from the eyeball test, for me, it's very difficult to understand what's happening with the Atlanta Falcons. It's not like the squad has changed particularly dramatically. You still have those star players that you know very well that you guys have already talked about. Uh, the run game, I think, is the main thing that's fallen apart. I remember Devontae Freeman and the name escapes me of the other running back. Yeah, they had a, 
a two a pair of running backs in the backfield that could just Coleman that could just absolutely Pepper. damage you on any mm-hmm. on any play. Um, and I think that missing has struggled. But I immediately thought, well, no, I think Matt Ryan has dropped all the way off the cliff. But looking at his numbers, they kind of muddled the water a little bit. He looks like he should throw for over 4,000 yards again this season. That's not so easy to find in these rookie quarterbacks that are, or other free agent quarterbacks that are rolling around. Uh, the problem being, obviously, as you mentioned, Dara, the touchdowns have dropped way off and the interceptions have come up again. Uh, and I think the biggest number, like Jake mentioned, the biggest number for me that jumps out is 35. And that's his age. And it's just getting old. Tom Brady can keep going. Aaron Rodgers can keep going. But I don't know if Matt Ryan has the talent to keep going. Or maybe that's been a bit unfair to him. And it's, it's maybe down to, I don't know if he has the roster to keep going with the skill set that he has. I don't know if he can elevate a poor roster at this age with the skill set that he has. I mean, it so, probably yeah. comes down a little bit to the coaching as well. They'd obviously drop their head coach. And I mean, you were mentioning about his uh, high passing yards, but that, to me, that means a really poor defense because you're constantly playing from behind then. And what mm-hmm. happens when you play from behind? You have to throw the ball. And I think yeah. that's where his passing, the passing yards come from. I think, I think in, in almost a reverse of the Darnold, it's the, there's, you have much less to lose by getting rid of Ryan, even if you take a, a high, not necessarily guaranteed quarterback in this year's draft, you automatically have less money on the contract, less years on his time, probably less injuries. You have that reinvigoration of a new guy coming in. You can strip down if you can, if you can pretend like you're going to keep Ryan far enough into the offseason, you can maybe get some picks from. And then that way you have even more ammunition to add some talent. I don't think the defense is too far away from being good again. And I think if you can add another wide receiver to go opposite Ridley, you can be a really big threat, at least in the passing game. And then, of course, you have to address that running game, which is a problem at the moment. So it's a long checklist, but it's not an impossible checklist. And I think if Ryan gets jettisoned, you don't set yourself back too much and you have a nice bit to gain from it. Yeah, I think... uh... I don't think they're too far away from being good, but I would say their wide receiver core is pretty decent. I mean, they have obviously Julio, but I say get rid of Julio, and then still they have Ridley, and then there's that uh, the the Russell Gage. He's up yeah. and coming. You got to fix that run game, as you said, Fionn. That's clear. So where does that start for me? It's that's the offensive line. Got to get a good offensive line, get the run game going, and that's how you got to improve your uh, wide receiver game. Yeah, and they they have invested some high draft picks in the last few years in their offensive line, which they're trying to rebuild. But what I've seen, especially with, like you're saying, if you want the eye test there, especially following Falcons games in these last couple of weeks, is that there is enough talent there for them to be winning more games than they, should, than they are at the moment, for sure. But what I see is that this, there seems to be this seed of doubt in Matt Ryan's own abilities because too many times I've seen him go to make the throw and then pull back because he must see something in the last second that he just doesn't like because I don't think they're intentional pump fakes just to psych out the defense I think he's actually having doubt in his mind whether he can make those throws and you know especially those last two interceptions there in the last minute against the Chargers as well just showed that like he is not seeing probably the field as well as he did um 
like obviously everyone's seen the the camera shot of him just bouncing his helmet off the ground because I think himself, I think he's maybe could possibly be fighting with his own inner demons there and trying to sort of see what what has happened to me. Like I can't fall off. I can't go from what happened in 2016 to what's happening now and fall off cliffs cliff so much. Uh, and like that, I think a good thing, I think you summed up earlier as well when you said a few minutes, like you said like this, this squad hasn't changed so much. And I think that's the problem as well. So that's where I agree with Jake and saying he should have gotten as many draft picks as they can for Julio, Matt Ryan. Like whoever teams wanted, they they should have had a price on them. Uh, maybe maybe not Calvin Ridley. I think that's someone that you would obviously keep. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like whoever was available, yeah, take them. Like he ended up, I think that best pass rusher, um, Tack McKinley, was ended up just being um, let go because... He no one actually wanted to uh, fork up any draft picks for him. Now, obviously, he's had issues getting a new team because he's battling an injury and he's failed physical. So we'll see where he ends up. But yeah, I think there's like that. There's been not enough change. Now they've gotten rid of the coaching staff. We'll see who comes in. Um. So, and the the GM as well. Sorry, is gone too. So they have to look for a new GM there. So you're going to have to find these two people that are going to work together from day one. Because this draft is going to be a very important one now for them too. So we'll see going forward. Hopefully, we can uh, they can sort of get things right, um, and maybe they can get back to something like they were around 2016, where they can probably right the uh, nightmare of that uh, Super Bowl year. But that's all the time we have for in the first part of the show. We're going to take a quick break. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jake. Just before we go on, I have to ask the two of you a question. Matt Ryan, Hall of Fame, yeah or nay? No. No. Well, at the minute, I'll just give you two stats I have here. He's ninth in overall passing yards with 54,000. He's 11th in passing TDs, and he's still not a, a Hall of Fame. I think he, he probably is statistically. I'm just not sure he has that star factor. Now, maybe it's just that that MVP season came a little bit long ago from my short-term memory. But, uh, yeah, for me, I don't know. Something about... The personality or the the ethos or the kudos around him just isn't enough to get you into the Hall of Fame. There? Yeah, I just like that. I think uh, the stats can pad what we're really seeing. And, you know, he, he has been a very good player for the Atlanta Falcons. He may get in the Atlanta Falcons Hall of Fame, but the actual NFL Hall of Fame, I can't see just being a very good player being that. I think... I, I like you're saying he he's had like he's fifth in passing yards this year, but the team is still four and six. No, no, sorry, he's, he's fifth in overall passing yards. Or no, ninth, I'm sorry, about, sorry. This season, this season, gotcha. he's fifth. This All season, right. he's fifth. Um, and like that, he's he's on course for four thousand yards, but this team is still four and six. You know, they 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 haven't had that a, a proper proper run consecutively, and I just I I can't I I don't know if that's enough to get into the Hall of Fame myself. But don't forget the Super Bowl bottle job. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Exactly. Well, look, now that is definitely all the time we have for in the first part <laughs> of the show. Uh, we will take a quick break, and when we we'll be back, we will be talking about our predictions for week 15 of the season. Second and 13, Allen deep drop. Hit as he throws it downfield for Brown. Who's got it? John Brown breaks free and scores. The punter takes the snap. And in the toss, 
Come Jason on. Sanders. Come on. Once, launches deep. And what an effort that time. Mike Williams. Chiefs need some Mahomes magic. Launches down the middle. Hill. Open. Caught. And they get it. Kansas City. The big play. Welcome back to the second part of the NFL show. Dara here with Fionn and Jake. Just before we go into our predictions, make sure you follow us on our social channels. We are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ASI podcast. We're on Twitter at ASI underscore pod. And we're on Instagram at ASI podcast. So give us a like and a follow there on that uh, before we start the predictions as well just a little update on the prediction contest and how it's going because uh, we haven't updated in a couple of weeks after a good week for Fionn last week he's extended his lead over myself and Jake slash Dara sorry Jake to break it don't to you be lumped in with Dara I don't want to be lumped in with Dara <laughs> He I'm already losing. The, he might split the cost with Jake. <laughs> <laughs> so at the moment, it stands that Fionn is 62 and 32 with his picks. I am 59 and 35. And Jake slash Dara is 44 and 50. So we, it, it's, it's pretty close, Jake. There still is a chance there. There's still plenty of games left. Can you not tell people what my last week's predictions was? Because if I was on my own, I would be at a positive, not at a minus because of Dara already. <laughs> okay, so just for last week then, just uh, so we can keep, uh, keep Jake happy and so he'll stay on for another week. Uh, Fionn finished with 14 and 4 for his picks last week. And myself and Jake were both 10 and 8. So we were, everyone stayed in the positive. Um, I think my, uh, my luck and my surprise, well, my luck worked, but my surprise didn't so that killed me picking the Bengals last week and Fionn was just pretty much on fire for the whole thing so uh, we have to stop that this week Jake I, I propose we work together to take him down because I do not want to be buying a Washington football team jersey anytime soon we'll start our predictions for week 15 with the Thursday night football and it is the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Vegas to take on the Raiders Jake, you're the leader, so I'll let you go first with this pick. I'm going to call this one oh, as Jake's my... not the leader. I'm sorry. Jake, you're not the leader. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fionn, you're the leader. I'll let you go first on this. I'm okay. Gonna... I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders in this one. I think Herbert is a young kid. He's never been to Las Vegas before. He's going to be kept up all night with the slot machines. He's going to be really tired for the game. And Derek Carr is going to have his way. And I'm going to take the Raiders to win. I'm calling that my upset of the week. I think the Chargers are going to take it from the Raiders. Um, it's not a very long journey to Las Vegas, so I think that's going to suit the Chargers well, and uh, I still don't have faith in their car, even though he played pretty well last week. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders in this game. I think it's going to be interesting with new interim uh, DC, Rod Marinelli, takes over in a short week. Um, I like the Raiders to stop the rot. The Chargers were handed the win by the Falcons last week and are jockeying for draft position, while the Raiders need this win to stay in playoff contention. So I'm going to go with a Raiders win on this one. Uh, we'll move to Sunday's game, and we're going to start with the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Washington to take on the football team. Uh, since, uh, Jake, you follow on either side, we'll let you go first. Um, I'm going to take the Seahawks, but I think... The D line of the, the Washington football team is going to give the offensive line of the Seahawks trouble, but I still think the Seahawks pull it out. Yeah, I my brain says 
take the Seahawks, but my heart says you have to go for Washington. So I am going to go for Washington, uh, although I'm not convinced, but I would certainly, if I was a betting man, put some money on them to cover the six points that Seattle are currently giving. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Uh, easy decision, obviously, but this defensive line of Washington scares the life out of me, especially if Brandon Shell is not fit and they have to put Chad Wheeler up against Chase Young. Uh, it's just going to be a horror show. I don't fear the offense so much, maybe apart from Antonio Gibson, if he's fit, um, but I do fancy the likes of Jordan Brooks and Bobby Wagner to look after the run game in that sense. Uh, Quinton Dunbar is coming back to Washington. It looks like he's going to be fit, and Carlos Dunlap was going to be back too, which is going to be big for the Seahawks. Um, the Alex Smith injury with his cap, is that serious to, to put a doubt on this week's game? Allegedly not. Allegedly, it was just kept out out of an abundance of caution is the term that uh, Rivera used. So hopefully he should be pretty good to go. Okay. The, the Washington team have had this issue now the last couple of weeks of not starting till the second half. So it's going to be important for the Seahawks, if that is the case, that they do make sure that they start off quite well in the first half if they want to win this game. But I'm going to go with the Seahawks. The Buffalo Bills are traveling to Denver to take on the Broncos. I'm going to pick the Bills. Uh, the Bills are playing really well. And the Dolphins are not despite winning last week. And I fancy the Bills' defense to handle Drew Locke. Uh, Fionn, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. In these games of teams that I don't know a whole lot about, I tend to go and look at the quarterbacks. We have a really good quarterback playing against a pretty bad quarterback, relatively speaking. So I'm going to take the Bills in this game too. Yeah, I mean, you can't really argue about the Bills taking this game from the Broncos. I think Josh Allen with his legs and his strong arm, um, it's going to beat up on that Broncos defense and uh, Drew Locke isn't going to be able to recover from it. Okay, the Carolina Panthers, fresh off that loss to the Denver Broncos, are traveling to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Uh, Jake, I'll let you go first on this one. Packers all the way. Packers all the way. Devontae Adams, another touchdown. Maybe Fionn gets his another chance at taking our Rodgers touchdown. Um, but the Packers are easily going to take this game from the Panthers. Yeah, Jake, you alluded to it. I'm sickened. I missed that bet on Rodgers that I suggested for everyone else. I hope somebody won some money off it. Um, I'm going to take the Packers to beat the Panthers again in this one. Not a particularly good team against a particularly good team. So that's your answer. Yeah, I'm going for the Packers as well. Uh, although I do need the Packers to lose games for a chance at the number one seed, I can't see them losing to this Panthers side. They couldn't stop Drew Locke and they won't stop Aaron Rodgers in his offense. So Packers win. The Jaguars are going to travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Uh, Fionn, I'll let you go first on this. Once again, we have a really good team against a really bad team. I'm going to take the Ravens, continue their little run, put some pressure on the Steelers. So I'm going to take the Ravens over the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens are definitely going to, going to beat the Jaguars, but Minshew Mania is back. He's back at starting quarterback for the Jaguars. Is it going to help? No, obviously it's not going to help. The Ravens are still going to kill the Jaguars. Yeah, I know... Um... It was funny, Doug Marone actually mentioned in his press conference obviously this week about the game that Gardner Minshew is the starting quarterback again. But I thought he went out originally because he was injured, so he was back fit and they still thought Mike Glennon was better than Gardner Minshew. Apparently he was begging to come back to play. I don't know about that now, but sure, look, we'll we'll see. I'm going to go with the the Ravens in this game too. The Jags are a bad side. They couldn't stop uh, Henry last week. They won't stop the Ravens' rushing attack this week. Simple as that. Uh, This could be quite an ugly game if you were a Jags fan. So maybe if you are... 
if you want to miss this game, you should. Or maybe for the rest of the season, miss the rest of the season if you're a Jags fan. Uh, the Texans are traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. The Texans fresh off that hammering at the hands of the Bears. The Colts fresh off uh, dealing out a hammering to the Raiders last week. So consensus says Colt win. I'm going to agree with that. Texans showed last week that their defense is trash. The Colts are going to run over them and make a march towards the playoffs. Jake, what do you think? The Texans are a bad team, man. The Texans are a out-and-out bad team. They've got an excellent quarterback, um, but they haven't got much else. When your star wide receiver gets suspended for six games after you traded your already a star wide receiver, you haven't got much luck. Um, I'm taking the Colts in this one. Yeah, me too. I've been quite high on the Colts bandwagon this year, as you guys know. Not everyone is so keen on Philip Rivers. I'm not necessarily hot on Philip Rivers himself, but I'm high on the Colts team. I like their defense. I like what the rest of the offense can do. Philip Rivers does enough, so I'm going to take the Colts over the Texans in this one. Okay, the Detroit Lions are traveling to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Uh, Fiona, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, I think the Titans are going to handle the Lions in this one. Derek Hendry, another strong game. Tannehill might have a couple of passing touchdowns in this one. I think they have enough to confuse the Lions and get them really worried about that run game and take advantage of that through the air. So I'm going to take the Titans over the Lions. Yeah, it has to be the Titans over the Lions. Um, Derek Henry is just an unstoppable force, meets a very movable object in the Lions defense. I think he's he's due in for a large game, two plus touchdowns, and definitely a hundred plus rushing yards. Yeah, I'm going to go to Titans as well, and they are actually going to be my lock of the week. I broke the curse of backing the Titans at the wrong week last week. Uh, the Titans need this to win the division. The Lions look like they might be without Matt Stafford, which isn't going to help. And of course, like we, like you mentioned, Jake, uh, Derrick Henry is rushing his way to another uh, uh, offensive player of the year or top running back or anyway in the NFL award. So I think he could be in for another big game this week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are traveling to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this. But I think this game is going to be a lot closer than you might think. Uh, the, the Bucs will have enough to win. But I expect a big game from the Bucs defense, which is going to be the reason why they win this game. Yep. Go against you here, Dara. I'm going to take, or sorry, I'm going to agree with you in that the Buccaneers are going to win. I just don't think it will be as close. I think the Buccaneers will be handy enough. So I'm going to take the Buccaneers over the Falcons. Now, here's a little interesting tidbit that I recently seen just about an hour ago. The Buccaneers have put their long snapper, kicker, and punter on the reserve COVID list. So if one of them has a confirmed case, that keeps them out for this game. And that definitely is going to affect the game. I'm going to give you. Um, the Falcons for this one. Oh, interesting. You're you're hoping for a coronavirus outbreak for this. For <laughs> the New England Patriots, fresh off the drubbing they received from the LA Rams, are traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Uh, Jake, I'll let you go first on this one. Um, that's going to be tough. I think that the Dolphins have really improved recently. Um, Tua is looking better and better each week, and. I think the only play I ever see the Patriots run is Cam Newton run up the middle, which often gets stopped behind the line. So I'm going to take the Dolphins. Um, I think they continue their streak, which Darryl, you said would stop last week with the Chiefs of a takeaway. They're going to get some takeaways in this game. 
did stop. They didn't get one takeaway. They got three. They got three. So it's different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dara, you pointed out a couple of weeks ago that Bill Belichick really enjoys playing against rookie quarterbacks. Tua is a rookie quarterback. So Patriots have been up and down all season. I think you could probably take that clip and play it every single week. I'm pretty sure I say it. Uh, they were way down last week. I'm going to take them to be up this week and they're going to beat the Dolphins. That's going to be my upset for this week's games. Yeah, I have uh, the Patriots to win this game as well uh, for the exact same reason that you just said. Fionn Belichick loves playing against the rookie QBs. Uh, look, just look what happened against Herbert there a couple of weeks ago. And I think he'll do the same to two with the dent their playoff hopes. Uh, but Fionn just, or for Jake, just so you know, I do think that the uh, takeaway. Uh, streak is going to continue for one more week. I think they will get one takeaway against uh, Cam, at least in this game. The 49ers are traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Uh, I will go first on this one. I'm actually going to pick the Cowboys to win. Tough one with both sides struggling with so many injuries this year. I can see if you unroll him his eyes right now with my pick of the, of the Cowboys. But I think... Andy Dalton has started to click with his offense just a little bit now. We saw there last week in his revenge game against the Bengals that he played quite well. So I think that uh, they will have enough because Nick Mullins is just trash and I, I can't trust him in any game at all. What do you think, Phil? Um, the reason I roll my eyes is because I will refuse to pick the Cowboys over anything. They're making that quite easy this year given how poor they are. I agree with you, they are starting to play a little bit better. Uh, a second reason I would like the 49ers to win is it makes the Washington win this week look more impressive. Uh, so I'm going to take the 49ers to beat the Cowboys. I'm going to take the Cowboys as hard as that is for me to do. But it's also a little less hard because if the Cowboys win, it makes Fionn's chances that little bit more difficult of the football team getting into the playoffs. Now, I think Andy Dalton, isn't. he was obviously a starting quarterback for a long time, so he's got some good experience. Um, you still got Zeke, you still got a half decent offensive uh, weapons in uh, Mary Cooper and obviously CD Lamb. So I think um, the Cowboys can take this from the 49ers. I don't have any faith in Nick Mullins. I think I said that last week and I, I'm with you there, Dara. Perfect. The Chicago Bears are traveling to their divisional rivals. And- the Vikings in Minnesota. This is a pretty much win or you're out game, pretty much a playoff game for both sides because they need to win to stay in playoff contention. And if you lose, you can pretty much write the book on their season or close the book, sorry, I should say, on their season. And I'm going to go with the Vikings to win this game because I need the Vikings to win this game. So my hot take comes true of them having a better record than the Bears and making the playoffs. So for that reason, I'm going with the Vikings. Jake, what do you think? Um, I'm going to stick with you there. I think the Vikings will win this one. Fionn, you said before that when you don't really know about either team, you go look at the quarterback situation and I don't like um, Mitch Trubisky or Kirk Cousins. So I look at the teams as a whole and I think uh, the Vikings are a much stronger team on both sides of the ball. I think that's a fairly fair assessment. However, I really, really, really do not like Kirk Cousins. And as a Washington football team fan, I have extensive experience in this man. He does two things. He does not win games that he's not necessarily supposed to win. And he does not win in win and you're in scenarios. Therefore, I'm going to take the Bears to win this game. 
Okay, we will go and move on to the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Game two of the Jalen Hurts era in Philadelphia. And I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles to win. And they're going to be my surprise of the week. They, uh, I, their defense played very well against the Saints. I know Hertz didn't throw the ball, ball, I should say, so well last week. It was more to do with his legs. But I'm going to hop on the Jalen Hurts train and hope he keeps rolling for one more week to beat the Arizona Cardinals. Fionn, what do you think? No, the Cardinals' defense will hurt Hurts, uh, and the Eagles have not got the defense to stop the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Cardinals to win. Yeah, I'm with Fiona on this one. I think the Cardinals are going to win this one. Um, I think saying Hurts is going to continue rolling is the hottest take I've heard from you yet, Dara. Um, I'm jumping off this train. I wasn't high on Hurts last week. I, I think it would even more film uh, recorded on him. I think it's going to be hard for him to uh, continue this on. And I think uh, the Eagles are not going to be stopping uh, Kyler Murray getting outside that pocket and running. The lowly New York Jets are traveling to LA to take on the Rams. Uh, I will let Fionn go first on this one. This is possibly the definition of really bad team playing against a really good team. It's the Rams. They're given 17 points. I nearly even fancy the cover of that. So uh, I'm going to take the Rams over the really bad Jets. I don't think we even need to talk about this game. Um, the Rams are going to clearly destroy the Jets. I mean, the Jets are clearly tanking for that number one pick. So let's see how that goes. But it's definitely going to be the Rams keeping this the Jets Sorry. in the number one position. I will also mention that's going to be my lock of the week. So confident am I in the Rams. Yeah. Uh, look, I would love to say, sit here and say the Rams are in trouble. They're going to... They're in trouble against the Jets because I need them to lose because then, obviously, next week is the big game between Seahawks and the Rams to see basically who's going to win that division. So I'd like to have the Seahawks to have maybe a game over them before that happens. But I can't say that. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams to win this game. The only thing that I'd like to play devil's advocate on and try and add some suspense to this game is earlier on this season, the Rams were heavy, heavy favorites against a struggling Giants side, and they've really struggled to put the Giants away. Uh, they held in there for a long time, and they just about beat them. Um, maybe the Jets can do that. They probably won't. I'm just saying things to fill up time at this point. It's not. None of this is going to come true. We'll move on to the, la the next game right now, and that is the New Orleans Saints traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. If only, if only Drew Brees was fit, this game could have been possibly entertaining. Might have been closer than it's going to be. I'm going to go with the Chiefs to win because... Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. And when you're going up against the best quarterback right now, you're going to get shown up. Chiefs win. I, I don't like Taysom Hill. I think he's just a joke at this time. They're trying to push up his value, maybe get a trade or something like that. I don't know. Why didn't they stick with Jameis Winston? I mean, it clearly didn't matter to them. They went on a good streak there, but I don't think this streak um, is going to last against the Chiefs. Chiefs are getting hot. I agree. Uh, even with Drew Brees, I'm not so sure this game will be as tight as maybe people would think. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs over the Saints. And it was interesting, Fionn, actually, when we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago with the Chiefs and their inability to lose games at the moment. They had this off day last week against the Miami Dolphins, throwing three interceptions, and they still went and beat the Miami Dolphins. So, like, mm. this is the thing. You've got, to, you've got to be on top of your game, and they've got to be having a bad game for them for you to stand a chance to beat them. 
one of those things happens with them having a bad game, but unless you're on top of your year game, you're not going to beat them, and I can't see that happening this week. The Sunday night football this uh, coming Sunday is going to be the Cleveland Browns traveling to the Meadowlands to take on Jake's New York Giants. Jake, even I'll let you go first with this one. Who are you picking? Fortunately for me, this game was flexed out of normal time. I don't have to watch this. Um, the Giants clearly cannot put up any points with a hobbled Daniel Jones. Um, I got to take the Browns on this one, unfortunately. I think it says a lot when your own fan can't take you. I took the Washington football team against the Seahawks in possibly an unwise move, but not an outrageous move. I think it would have been outrageous for Jake to take the Giants over the Browns. Uh, so I'm going to give the Browns the victory in this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Browns too to win this one. I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I know as much as you are down on the Giants' offense, their defense is still playing quite well. And I still and I think they'll do enough to disrupt Baker Mayfield and that running attack, but I still think they might have enough to win this game. Uh, the last, one, last game on the slate for the week is the Monday Night Football. It's a divisional matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers Traveling to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Afyun, tell me what you think. Usually a big, hard-hitting game. Uh, I suspect it will probably still be hard-hitting, but I don't think it's going to be close. I'm going to take the Steelers over the Bengals in this one. This one's going to be my luck of the week. I'm going to take the Steelers as well. Um, the, the Bengals have shown the last, last few weeks that they're just unable to do anything on offense. So I think the Steelers are going to roll with this one. Yeah, it's uh, for the second week in a row on the Monday Night Football Picks. We have a clean slate on going with the Steelers as well. Uh, the Steelers are going to have to win this game if they want to make sure that they are going to win the division. Uh, and I think that's what they'll do. The, the Bengals just aren't a good side. And like I mentioned in previous games uh, uh, early in the show, that they, they are going to... Um, they're going to jockey for draft position. So winning games is just going to hurt them in the long run. So I think they're going to lose this game. Before we go, lads, uh, I want you each to give me a bet of the week that you're looking for this week for anyone who's looking to put a flutter on. I'm going to put on... Go on, from. Uh, I mentioned mine earlier. I'm going to take the Washington football team to cover against the Seahawks at the moment. Uh, the Seahawks are given six points. I think the Washington football team can stay inside of that. Um, I'm going to go with a, a Lamar Jackson anytime touchdown. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go, actually, with speaking touchdown scores, I'm going to go with an Aaron Jones touchdown anytime because he has been quite quiet these last few weeks. He uh, put off a very nice uh, long run against the Eagles a couple of weeks ago and he was quiet last week against... Uh, who was he quite against the Lions? Uh, the Panthers have been quite a poor side defensively, for, despite all their draft picks this season. So I would think an Aaron Jones anytime touchdown would be a good bet. But that is all the time we have for this week on the show, lads. As always, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having us again. And we will be back. Uh, next week to uh, look back on these week's games and of course give our predictions again before we go our socials one more time is uh, facebook.com forward slash asi podcast we're on twitter at asi underscore pod we are also on instagram at asi podcast also remember i've said it a couple of times so i'll keep saying it again Make sure you uh, are following the Dynamo Podcast Network. We are going to be putting our podcast solely there 
uh, from the 1st of January. So if you do like to continue to the show, make sure you subscribe to the Dynamo Podcast Network. I have heard some people get on to me and say that they have struggled to find it on their podcast player. If you also look up Dynamo's Dozen, it could be there. It's in the process of changing names. So we'll be there. Either Dynamo's Dozen or Dynamo's Podcast Network will be there and we will be... Uh, putting our show up there solely from uh, the 1st of January. But like I said, that's all the time we have for this week. Enjoy the games this week, lads. Fionn, I hope no matter what, we don't fall out over the result this week and we remain friends. Uh, Jake, let's just hope for a decent Giants performance and we'll talk about it a bit more next week.